Okay, everybody, here we are. Both five to uh, five seven eight two. Our shear is dedicated by uh, Rifki Youngways, Lilo Nishmas, her father Aaron Ben Avraham. It is also dedicated dedicated by Olivia Jacobs on the occasion of her father's Yartit Lilo Nishmas Avi Mori Baruch Ben Asher Zeli. It is dedicated by Batsheva Katz, Rafur Shlema for Rachel Malka Basterl Shandel, and by Rebecca Rosenbaum, the Arsid of Tuvia Chaya Bas Rav Shmuel and her grandmother, Basia Bas Bas Rav Shlomo Rachel. All righty, here we go. So we are um, on a campaign, not just to learn Torah here. Uh, as we've been speaking about for the last few weeks, we are on a campaign to take Lashon HaKodesh out of Gullus. Now, what we mean by that is um, something that is directly, you know, going to be learned out from the first Pasuk of this week's Parsha. What we mean by that is that being in Gullus means being out of context, correct? When you're not in your land, you're in someone else's land. It's a foreign, oops, I'm not recording. Oh my gosh. No, I am recording. Okay, sorry. Okay, being in Gullus means that you're not in your land. It's a foreign culture. You're out of context. We know what it's like to be in Eretz Yisrael. We should all be able to go there freely and easily and stay there forever. But you know what it's like when you're in context where everybody around you is your people, your Jewish people, the Jewish holidays, kosher food. They said the, even the language on television is Rashi language. I remember watching a sitcom once 30 years ago and his Jew is a Hebrew Israeli sitcom. And somebody said something that was like a non sequitur. So the actor says, which is a Rashi. What are you talking about Shemitah by Harsinai? Okay, so it's just, we're, that's our context. The problem is that when we're out of context, we're, we're in, that's called Golis. Now, what if our language is out of context? I'll give you an example. <laughs> And we're going to see it really. This is the the deeper meaning of the first pasuk in um in um in the parsha. So even it's not just English that we use as translations for Hebrew words for lashon hakodesh words that puts the whole thing out of context, right? For example, as we said, using the word eved Hashem. You ask anybody who went to yeshiva, "What's your mission in life?" and they'll say to be an eved Hashem. And then you say, "Well, what does eved mean?" And they don't use a Torah context. They use the Western context, and they say, Evid is a slave. I say, well, what do you think about when you think about a slave? And they think about black slavery in America. And they say, well, someone who has no rights, no freedom, who's tyrannized, who's kidnapped, who has, has, who has no freedom of speech, no freedom to express himself, totally has to obey the commands of someone who doesn't care about them, that's a slave. So really, so that's what you think about when you think about being an Evid Hashem. Well, I wouldn't want to be that. I don't think anybody would want to be that because they don't think about an Eved in proper context. Torah context in Eved, as you know, is completely different. An Eved is someone who's, has de who, who is devoting their, their services and their strengths to someone else. And in Torah, it's because Moshe is called an Eved. He devotes himself entirely to Kodesh Baruch When a human being needs to do that because they can't support themselves, there's no such thing as kidnapping a person, making him a slave. Go nev ishu machro mos yumas. It's chayv misa to steal a person and sell them. Now we're not even talking about that. Someone who can't afford, this is a Jewish slave. They can't afford to support themselves, so they work for you. 
All right, so the fact that someone has to devote their energies to a master, that is in human, when that happens between humans, that's not a great thing. And we're very, very sensitive to that. And of course, you know, all the halachas are that we restore dignity to the slave because of that unfortunate situation they're in. But if a person chooses to devote themselves to someone else, to devote their energies, that's called an Eved Hashem. It's completely different. Our concept is so out of context and therefore our, our concept of our relationship to Hashem is distorted. Here's another word in, in Hebrew that's distorted. Moshe Shapiro was very sensitive to this. When they built the Hebrew language, they called a blackboard, something you would just write on an erase, a luach from luchot. The luchot are the extreme opposite of something that you just write on any race. The luchot are, we said that the writing of the dibros were mechokek, they were engraved. They were part and parcel. The luchos are, are, have within them the words of a Kodesh Baruch Hu that can never be erased, never separated. <laughs> so to use the word luach on something that is random, you just write and erase it and nothing has any permanence, that's gullus. That is literally an, a, a definition of words out of context. So when a modern Israeli kid has a luach in his classroom and then he learns about the luchot, you know what that does to the mind? The whole, the whole thing is distorted, you hear? So when Lashon HaKodesh is in Golos, right? That means our concept of who we are is in Golos. But we are gonna learn in this first part, in this first Pasuk, that um, the true meanings of the words, the true meanings of what we call things came with us into Golos and we're supposed to hold on to them in Golos. And that's the secret of Amishol not changing their names doesn't just mean their personal names. It means what we name things. We didn't change that. We're not meant to change that at all. So we're supposed to have our own language that is not distorted by other um, sorts of associations. Because, and that's called keeping our, you know, taking our names out of out of the goal. It's not letting the names go into goals. Look at Pasakalaf. The Ela Shemos B'nai Yisrael. These are the names of the children of Yisrael. Habaim Mitzrayma. Habaim needs definition, but in simple, simple that are coming to Mitzrayim. Es Yaakov, that's a non sequitur. With Yaakov, perhaps. Ish ubeso ba, each person, each man, and their home came. So, first of all, Rav Moshe speaks about this a lot. Elish Shemos, the names of B'nai Yisrael came into Golos. The names themselves. This is not just a listing of the names of the people that came to Golis, because we know who they are. It already listed him a number of times in Beratius. But rather, what we're talking about here at a deeper layer level, what the, the Mekubalim speak about, is that the names themselves entered into Mitzrayim. But look how it's phrased. Elishemos b'nei Yisrael. You know that Yisrael versus Yaakov, which appears a couple words later, Yisrael always means Yisrael, Yisrara, it means when Am Yisrael have achieved a proper um, place in this world where we stand for all that is, you know, timeless, right? The timeless truths that the Avos and the Imos understood when we know who that what they are, when we hold on to them, when we battle Aesop, so to speak, and we do, we are not defeated. And we, we hold on to our true identity. And in the end, we are vindicated. The name is changed to Yisrael, which means Am Yisrael at the time of the final Geula, 
when all our values and our truths have survived all of the onslaughts, resistance and protests and attempts at destruction, annihilation, we've survived it all. We stand for our name. The name Yisrael stands, it represents Srara, three things, has three words that you can think about in the name Yisrael. Number one, Srara, domination. We finally are absolutely victorious. Our values have won out. Our truth has won out. Yashar, straight. Now, we learned in the Ikrim that in Hebrew, Yashar doesn't just mean a straight line. What does Yashar mean in Hebrew? Sheer. Remember, we connected it to Sheer. What is it? A circle. Ma'agal Yashar. When something starts at its root and comes all the way back to the beginning, that's called yashar, ma'agal yashar. A shear, the Gemara uses the word shear from yashar as a chain, a loop, okay? So yashar in Hebrew means straight back to the beginning. It's ma'agal yashar, all right? So in Yisrael is the word yashar, and we're gonna see again that this is very similar to what the word bow means, come. Okay, we did that in tefillah this week. So yashar, all right, is in there. And what else is in there is rosh. Your mindset, your ideas, they progress through history and they come straight back to where they started. And when that happens, when the circle is closed and what the avo started becomes spread throughout the world, then we have, this is when we are called Yisrael. All right, so what came into Mitzrayim, Eila Shemos, the names that entered into Mitzrayim. Mitzrayim is gonna mean Mitzar, super narrow, okay? Limited. The names that came in were the names of Yisrael. The names that came into Mitzrayim were the names of Geula. We carried them with us, we didn't change our names. We had a different way of naming things. We had a different language. We spoke about things we meant, when we use words that sounded similar to the way the culture used the words, we meant something very, very different because we had a Lush and a Kodesh, we had names not just names of people, names of things. We, we, we had a different definition to, for example, what we just said, Evid, totally different definition, different names. And they came with us to Gullus, into Mitzrayim, and they stayed with us in Gullus, and they're what take us out of Gullus. That's why the women did the names? A very interesting, women did the names, and, um, and, and, the, and, that's a very good point. Yes, identifying the the essential power of um, of what of how to, how to how to call things correctly. Look look in the first um, in a Shemos Rabbah, Elish Shemos Benesro. This whole concept comes out of Shemos Rabbah. Al Shem Geulas Yisrael Nizkarukan. You know why we're telling the names? Because we want to know the names. The names all have within them aspects of our Geula. They refer to Geula. Now look, look how the Medjish writes it, Ruvain. It says, Shenemar, as it says, Ra'o ra'isi es ani ami. I have seen the impoverishment of my people, ani, the poor, how poor they are, not just physically, but spiritually and in and, and, and every other way. Hashem sees our state. That, that, that concept of see, when we say the word see, we mean that we are seen by God. That's what we mean when we say see. Okay, and when we say, oh, I see, we mean I see things from Hashem's perspective. Okay, we always have, that's the word see, that came with us in Tagalos. That is what kept us strong. Okay, Shimon, Vayishma Elokim Nakasam. Look what it says, Al Shem, most of these, 
say al shame on the which in Hebrew means on the name of meaning in English we don't have a phrase for that we say in regards to or in reference to but in Hebrew it's al shame this is the shame this is what it means this is how you name it okay so Shimon when we say listen we mean by Yishma Elokim Esna Kasam that Hashem is always listening to the groaning now we don't have I'm not I didn't plan, you know, the shear is not going to be going into every aspect of this measure, but gozundahe, please go delve into it. But this is what, when we say these names, this is what we mean. Okay, Levi, al shame, from Leviah to accompany someone, al shame shenishaber, HaKadosh Baruch Hu Tzorosa Mitochas, now Hashem was attached to our Tzoros. Okay, Hashem was with us and attached to our Tzoros. Yisachor. That Hashem gave us, would give us schar, uh, that we were enslaved. And what was the schar? We got the, all the wealth of Mitzrayim on the Yam Zavulun. Al Shem. Shehishkin, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Shechinasu Bekirban. HaKadosh Baruch Hu caused his Shechina to dwell among us. Remember we talked about Shechina. It's the ideas, the truths that sort of are, or like the muscle we used was the amniotic fluid that are always surrounding us that we actually draw in by almost osmosis and that's always HaKadosh Baruch Hu allowed this to surround us at all times and the mikdash asuli mishdash v'shachanti b'socham zvulin is a reference to mikdash binyamin al shame yemincha we talked about this last week your right hand HaKadosh Baruch Hu remember the right hand your right hand has resumed its power Done, al shame, gamasagayashir yavdun done anochi, the nation that will enslave you, I will judge them. Hashem judges, Hashem will restore his power, all of these things. We know this, we take this with us every day in Gullah. Snaftali, al shame Torah mitzvahs, shenasan akadash on the name of Torah mitzvahs, that's called, which is referred to as, mesukim midvash venofet sufim, sweeter than honey and the dripping of the comb. We take that with us all the time. We say, a bra- we say a bracha about this every morning. Vaharevna, make it sweet. Listen, till this day in traditional cheders, when they start the olive bays, they put honey on the letters and the children trace the letters and then they suck the honey. It's till today. We take this with us in Golos. God, al-shem man, on the name of the man, which is called kazera god, like a god seed. Not god, you know, it, asher, okay. Um, that mu'ushar, like ashray, really means fortunate, but in a very particular way, it means mu'ushar of Hirsch explains it. Again, these are words moving forward, forward moving, progressing with a vision, with a goal. So those that heard about the ge'ula and the eventual gadula, they were forward moving. They had an, they had an incentive, they had optimism, they had, they had something to look forward to a destiny. Yosef. Al Shem Hashem will continue to add more and be to bring more Gaula. In other words, these are the names that came with us. We never gave up these names. This is how we define things. This is how we see things. This is how we call things. When Am Yisrael speak, we speak a different language. And that can never be allowed to go into Gaulas. And we didn't, which it didn't change our names. When it does go into Gaulas, out of context, our whole Judaism gets distorted. Okay. Here. Now let's. Let's uh, let's take more layers, okay? So we, the pasuk says, "Elishemos bnei Yisrael." These are the names of the children of Yisrael. So these are the names of the shvatim, right? These are the not just names; they are the core ideas that the shvatim um, internalized and passed on 
and ensured that they would the consciousness these constructs would stay with us forever. But the question is, Rav Moshe asked this and explains this many times. Why are we referred to in Shwan Esrei as the B'nai Banim, the children of the children? Meaning, there's the of us, the bracha, the first one, in, the first bracha in Shwan Esrei. Baruch Atah Hashem Elokeinu Melech Elokeinu Velokeinu 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 Avram Elokeinu Yitzchak Velokeinu Yaakov. That's Sefer Bereshis, right? That's the of us and the Mahos, right? The of us were in charge of the ideas, the big fundamental foundational ideas of Judaism. Okay, then they had the Shvatim. The Shvatim took those ideas and they um, expressed them in all sorts of new situations, right? And, uh, and as we said, in all these different nuances. And then we say that HaKadosh Baruch Hu of the Avos is HaKel, HaGadol, HaGibor, HaNora, Kel Elyon, Gomel Chasadim Tovim, Bekone Akol. Now, V'zocher Chazde Avos, remember the Chesed. Let's make sure we have the proper Lashon HaKodesh understanding of Chesed. What does Chesed mean? Chesed? What's the word of real? What is Rambam? 351, 352. Chesed, overflow. Overflow. There's so much it overflows. By the way, an opportunity to take another word out of Gullus. What does gomel chasadim mean? What is gomle chesed? What is gomel? How, how is that word used in Torah? For example, when a child is finished being nursed, vayigmol, right? What about a gamal? What about vayigmalu hashkedim, the almonds? What's gomel? So gomel in Lashana Kodesh means full, ripe, so ripe like a gamal, so full that it's like beginning to seep out. It's beginning to overflow. And a fruit is so ripe that its juices seep out. Gomel means to be ripe. Vayigmalu hashkedim, the almonds ripen. Okay? They were ripe, they were ready. And when they're ready, the aroma comes out. And even if it's, as we said, a fruit, the juices come out. So gomel chesed means it's so full, it's so ripe, it overflows. So the avos, the chaste avos, is that they're so full of the understandings of the, our relation with the Kodesh Baruch Hu that it overflowed to everybody. And Hashem remembers what they did and they made an overflow. Ma'avra went to teach everybody, right? So, so it's zocher chaste avos. Umevi Goel and brings Goel. And now why B'nai B'nai Why not Libnehem? Aren't we all the children of the Avos? Why are we like, like reduce the generation? Actual children. Yeah, but isn't Ami's soul forever that, that just like they were the children of the Avos, aren't we the... Well, then you could say B'nai 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 So are we called the children of the Avos or the grandchildren of the Avos? Why are we referred to as the grandchildren of the Avos? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, of course there were children, but then as we said, we should be, you know, we should list how many generations there are, right? Why? So Rav Moshe explains like this, the concept of calling us their children's children is going back to these names in Gullus. Because you see, we are davening. We have been in a state of Gullus for two and a half thousand years. So who we're davening as the children of the children. The children of the Shvatim, the children of the people with these names. So Moshe gives a mushle. He says, the Avos are like the trunk, all right? And then from the trunk comes limbs. Those are the Shvatim. But from the limbs come the branches. 
and the branches are the little ones that are easily broken off. So when we refer to ourselves as the children of the children, that means that our little, bra little branches that are growing off the limbs, if we are called the children of the children means we're still attached to the branch, which is still attached to the trunk. We are identified by the fact that we are their children. We're not broken off and scattered somewhere far away. All right, we are connected. And yeah. Which is the same reason that um, Yaakov blessed his grandchildren instead of his, uh, his children. But we, we go by, you know, we, when we bench our kids Friday night, it's by the grandchildren. We do bench by the grandchildren. Maybe because, maybe because they were the ones that were really, the first ones to really grow up in Gaulas and start with Gaulas and not. And they were the first there. to grow up in Gaulas. And there's an additional thing. They really be, be, were on the madriga of the, of the children. In other words, Yosef wasn't given an achla. His two children were. So they really became... They are deeply identified with their root, so to speak. And yeah, and they did, and you are saying something, you know, very important, which is that they are the first ones to exist in Gullus with their identity intact. To keep the identity intact is why we're called B'nai ben Banim, right? That they are, that the, the, the Shvatim, in other words, the children that went into Gullus with these names, we are still attached. We're still thinking the same way. We still have the same core values and truths is what's keeping us from because we're still their children. We are the children of these children that went to Gullus and these names. Since now, this, since we have the small branches, we have a weakness. Exactly. That's what we said. We said that because they're easily disconnected, the fact that we are called B'nai Banim is we're not disconnected. We are directly yeah. attached to them. So picks them up. The, Ram, the Ramban says, the Ramban says um, in the beautiful, famous introduction to Sefer Shmos, he says it's the first Sefer Bresh is called Sefer Hayashar. These are the, as we said, the, 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 the correct path takes us right back to the beginning. Now, Sefer Shmos is called Sefer Gula, but he says the Gula was not complete just when we left Mitzrayim. That does not constitute a complete Gula. The Gula is only complete when we come to our Sinai and eventually build a Mishkan and the Shekhinah dwells on us because then we have come back to the Madrega of the Avos who had the Shekhinah dwelling among them all the time. So only when the grandchildren have, have remained intact in their identity, which is what the names of the Shvatim are telling us who we are, all right, then that's called the Geula. When you can come back and you're fully attached to the limb, which is fully attached to the trunk, then that's called Geula, okay? That is not Geula until HaKadosh Baruch Hashkina dwells amongst us as it did with the Avos. And what allowed us, the strength we had to make sure that would happen is these names that we took with, that we, till today, these names are very, very familiar. Not, I don't mean just calling people Ruben Shem and Levi Yehuda. I don't mean that. I mean, the concepts, the constructs are something, things we talk about every day. Hashem hears us, Hashem's with us. There's Schar, there's the Torah suite. I mean, everything, okay. Here is a, is a Pasuk in Yeshayahu. And this is going to help us focus on the word Ba, Haba'im Mitzrayim. Haba'im, those that are coming, Yashrish Yaakov. Okay, so simple shot is days are coming, but deeper level, okay. Haba'im, those that are coming slash coming back. We'll see that Bo means coming back, okay. Yashre Yaakov, Yaakov will take root. Yatsis uparach Yisrael. 
but Yisrael will sprout and blossom. See the Pasuk that we started with, Elish Mos B'nai Yisrael Haboim Mitzrayim Es Yaakov. The names that ensure Agula are entering into the place of, that's narrow, that place of constraint. And why are they entering into that place? Because that's Yaakov's role. They're the names of Agula, but they've got to go through this journey, which is called Yaakov. And the journey is important. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu made us go on this journey. Told Avram, we have to go on this journey. And Mitzrayim is just a kind of macro model of all the Goliaths the prototype of all the exiles. And we got to go through them. Why? Because the reason we're in all these exiles is not only to bought, to come, which means to come back, but to bring everybody else back with us. That's what we're in here. So listen, Yashvish Yaakov, Yaakov gets rooted in. Yaakov is among the Avos. Yaakov is the great ideas that were established in Sefer Bracious that has to go into Golas to spread them. Yatsis uparach Yisrael. And in that process, Yisrael, who we are, our values and our ideas, it begins to sprout, tzitz, metzitz, and porech, and blossom, umalu pnei tevel tenuva, and until, until the entire inhabited earth, inhabited by human beings, is filled with tenuva, simply the pshat is, 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 um, is produce, but tenuva is from the word niv, niv, niv means speech, niv svasayim, a navi, okay, the Hebrew word for navi is derived from niv, okay, and tenuva also means a, like a ripened fruit, right? A fully, a, a fruit that's ready. So you're talking about the idea that Elish Shemos, these are the names, these are the ideas, these are the constructs that came into a very narrow place, into Golos, into a constrained and limited place. And they stayed with us despite all of that. They were very expansive, very huge, very broad. They came from a whole other world and they lived with us in these tiny constraints, even no matter how limited we were as a nation, we had these great ideas. And they're the names of Geula. They're the, the short our Geula. And they came with Yaakov. They came in the journey to do the role of Yaakov and to spread these ideas to the world. Now, the word Habba. Hmm? Yes. The word Bo. You know, the first time a word is used in Torah is the way it's meant to be understood. Again, Lashon HaKodesh. The word Bo, we know, means not to, to come. It means to come back. To come back. For example, the sun, right? The Zorach Hashemesh. It rises and shines, Uba Hashemesh. And then it goes, now it's not leaving us forever. It's coming back to rise again. Okay. We talk about Yatso Ubo. It goes out and he comes back. But what's the first time the Torah uses the word Bo? In the separation of Isha and Isha. All right. In the separation of Isha and Isha, it says, I could put them to sleep. And then he separated the woman. Right. And then it says, He built that cella, that side, into the woman. He brought her back. He returned her. Bo means to come back. Okay, that's why we learned this in tefillah, because we say after the morning brachos, and again, out of context, distorted, total kfira. Do not lead us into sin. God doesn't lead a person into sin. It's al tevienu. Don't let us backslide into our habits, into our sinful habits. We're trying to break out. Help us not backslide. Give us the strength to stay strong, not to slip back. And to say, don't lead us into sin. It's totally Christian. Okay? Again, not understanding what the words mean. So 
These are the names, Habayim Mitzrayim. And now what do we mean they're coming back to Mitzrayim? Because really going into Mitzrayim, as we said, Yashar, Yisrael, it's all to come back. It's to go into this process, to grab all the, the nations of the world and their neshamas and bring them back to where they belong, okay? So this is why we, Habba, this is why we're coming to Mitzrayim. We're coming because it's part of coming all the way back. Does it make sense? Right? Okay. Now, it's not just our names that stay with us in Golos. It's Hashem's name. Very important that Hashem has names and they are the ones that ensure the Geula because they stay with us the entire time and we never forget those names. What are some of the names of Hashem? Look at right before Shmon Esrei in the bracha right before. Podenu umatzilenu me'olam shemecha. So what's Hashem's name? Podenu, our, the one who's pode us, the one who matzil us. That is your name, Olam forever, that's your name. So one of Hashem's names that we took with us to Golis is Podenu. What does Poda mean? We say it at the end of the Haggadah. At the end of all the Magid, we say, so Poda Esnafshenu, Ga'alenu, Ga'ula, Poda Esnafshenu. What is Poda? Pidjon, Pidjon Haben. What's a Pidjon? What sort of redemption? What's a Pidjon? Pidjon Haben, what do you do? Exchange. We, we, we in Gullus, we had an identity that in other people's eyes, or often also in our eyes, as not having a story to tell, not having a name that was significant in the world, right? Not having ideas that anybody wanted to hear. When somebody doesn't want to hear what you have to say, you can't speak. So we were, we were, our status was deeply reduced. We, although we kept the core of Amishul, kept these ideas with us and therefore followed Moshe out into the desert, despite how, you know, you know, how much trust it required, right? But, um, but our, our sense of self, our self-concept, you know, was, was taking a hit in Mitzrayim, obviously. And that's Pidjon. Pidjon is when Hashem changes your status for totally different, you have a different identity. It can never go back. Even if we go into further exiles, what will never change is our identity. Our status has changed. Our sense of self has changed because of Yitzhak Mitzrayim, and that will be with us forever. And Matzilenu is Hatzala saving us from, obviously, the actual situation, from self-destruction. So Hashem's name is Podenu or Matzilenu. That's Hashem's name. What else is Hashem's name? Look what you say right before. The Rock of Israel, okay, Tzor's Yatsir. Obviously, everything has many levels. We can't take all these words out of Golas right now, but Kuma Be'ezra Yisrael, Uftekun Chanumecha, and spread your wings, Al Yehuda Yisrael. Okay, Go'aleinu, here's the name, Go'aleinu, Hashem Tzavakos Shmo. So our Go'el, our Dina, what's the Go'el? We talked about a Poda, Masa, what's Go'el? A Go'el Hadam. What sort of savior? What's a goel hadam? So, right, somebody kills somebody accidentally. So the goel hadam is allowed to, to if they before they get to an Mikla, is allowed to get him. So you know those like National Geographic movies where you see like a little baby bear and this big lion threatening it, and then suddenly the big lion like 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 you know whimpers away and like runs. What just happened? Well, then the camera zooms out and you see the mama bear standing behind the baby bear. That's the Goel. The Goel says, ah, you, they belong to me. You're, you can't start up with, that, with them without answering to me. 
They're, that's their context. Their context is their part of me. So I'm the goal. The goal comes to say, wait, wait, wait. This person, you answer, you know, you answer to me when you deal with this person. Huh? Is it the protector? Protector, but more the context. In other words, the goal is someone that says, this person is mine. I, I take responsibility for this person. I care about what happens to this person. You can't do anything to this person with impunity. You're forgetting who they belong to and that I'm in the picture also. That's the goal. Okay, the goal enters the picture to say, I'm the context here. Boaz. Well, well, it's really, I mean, taking responsibility for really, if you want to say her identity, that she's not a lone woman alone, but she belongs to a bigger context. She belongs to a family. She has those people that will speak for her, will that include her in their identity. Okay. So um, these are the names that a Kaddish Baruch Hu has in Gullis. Now, remember we learned. It's, it's not guardian. It's, I don't know a good word for Goel other than the context. In other words, this person is part of me. So you're, you're missing context if you think you can start up with this person and I'm not in focus. I'm going to come back into focus now. And it's, you know, and it's, and now you realize who you're dealing with. Right. So, um, so here's the thing. It's the names of Amistral, these names that we learned that go into Golas with us. Okay, but it's also Hashem's name that goes into Golis with us. Particular Hashem's name is Goel, Pode, and Matzil. That also went into Golis with us. Remember, we learned last week in, in no, in, in uh, Vayigash, Hashem said to Yaakov, I am going down with you and I'm coming up with you. Meaning that Akadosh Baruch Hu, the, the uh, understanding of Hashem in the world is also going into Golis. Hashem's names are also going into Golis, meaning the world won't fully apprehend and appreciate Hashem's names like they don't appreciate us. It's going into Golis. But Hashem has to take his names out of Golis. Hashem has to be known in the world fully, expansively, not in Meitzar, in a, not limited. Hashem has to be known as, right? Hashem's name has to be known, and Hashem's name which is the great name of Kevavke, the name of everything has to be known. But how will Hashem's name get known in the world? This is the promise that a Kaddish Baruch Hu linked his name to Amisro, meaning when you're in Golis, I'm in Golis, meaning my name will only be known in the world through the great Yeshua's that will come through Amisro, only through the Jewish story, the great miracles the astonishing miracle of survival and all the other great and small miracles along the way until the final ones. The only way the world will become aware and appreciate a miracle is through the Jewish story. That is the only way. So look what Yechezkel says and the Beis Halevi. In Yechezkel 3623, he comes to tell the nation, I will make my name, Kadosh, Mufrash, which means um, something that will be known, of course, for its, its greatness, and it will be uh, revered totally. And why will HaKadosh Baruch Hu do this for his name? Because his name is He blames Am Yisrael. Because my name now is in a halal, it's in a void. It's in a void. A halal is a void. There's nothing there. So my name now doesn't exist in any sort of proper context or any sort of proper understanding is like in nowhere's bill, okay? Why? Because because you have made it halal. 
you haven't held on, Amisrol, to the, you know, my name fully. And it has to be known. My name has got to be known in the world. In other words, the ultimate plan for history is that everybody will, so to speak, know Hashem's name or that moment of transparency that we talked about. Everyone will see this world in context. So Hashem says, I have to do it because that's the goal of the creation. But here's the thing. The Kodesh Baruch Hu made a promise that the only way he's going to do that is through Am Yisrael. Maybe Goel, Libnei B'nei, let's go back to that first passage in front of Esrei. He brings the Geula to the children of the children, right? The core of Am Yisrael, and by extension, the whole world. Leman Shemo Bi'ahava, right? For the sake of his name, but with love. So which one? Is Hashem bringing the Geula, like Yechezkel says, for the sake of his name? Like, okay, this world is created for a purpose, and there's got to be, and finally, the, the final destiny, you know, the final purpose of creation, everybody's going to know and understand their existence in this world, and they're going to see the big picture, and they're going to send everything that ever happened, you know, now that they see, you know, now that they get true uh, clarity, they're going to understand everything, and they're going to have that great sense of manucha and every, what we've talked about, what we've spoken about so often. I have to do it, but then what does it mean, biahava for love? So the Beis HaLevi says, okay, the greatest chesed that HaKadosh Baruch ever did, the greatest nace, okay, the greatest of anything that ever happened is that HaKadosh Baruch promised to attach his name to our names so that Hashem becomes podenu, matzileinu, goaleinu. In other words, that HaKadosh Baruch is, that's Hashem's name. He has to do it. That Hashem will only, the world, put it like this, will only finally achieve that final state of knowledge which is, of course, joy, which is, of course, allowing us to live the way we're supposed to live only through the Jewish story, only through that. That HaKadosh Baruch Hu's name is with us in Gullus. The name of Hashem is Podenu, Matzileinu. It's with us. So it has to come out. We have to come out. All these great ideas that the core of Amishol are holding on to all has to be re 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 um, released. And it goes together. When we come out of Gullus, it means that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is coming out of us, meaning that through the great Jewish story, through HaKadosh Baruch Hu chose the world through our survival, and not just our survival, how we held down to these ideas, how these ideas changed the world. And whatever is good in the world is based on these ideas that, that the world will begin to see it, and they'll see HaKadosh Baruch Hu as we always knew and hold on to. We always had the name of Hashem, Podenu, Matzileinu, and the ones that are going to change it, that you know, our status has been changed, but we'll reaffirm it, etc. And even Moshe Rabbeinu, this is the subject. He says, I'm going to come to Amishol and I'm going to speak to them about Ka'ula. And they're going to say, who's sending you? Mashmo, what's his name? And we're not going to get into this in depth right now. Ekesh or Eke. But HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, this is the name you're going to use. It's all about the names. Having the proper definitions of the names. And knowing what the names are. Okay. And holding on to those names and calling things by those names. And Amishol, till this moment, calls Hashem Podenu, Matzileinu. We keep calling Hashem those things. Those are the names we take with us. And that's why we are insured. So here is, um, here is, um, here is a, a, a discussion. Um, really, we'll go to Rav Tzadaka Cohen of this, the real dilemma, the real condition, the human condition of what it looks like, what it feels like when words are in Gullus, when names are in Gullus. Okay, Rav Serok says that, you know, there's a, there's a Zohar, a famous Zohar, 
based on what Moshe Rabbeinu says, this whole idea, everything we've been talking about, that the difficulty of Gullus is that people don't know the right names. Words are out of context. And you can't speak to people if they're not speaking your language. They can't hear you. You can't convey any ideas to them if their language is totally different, their associations are different, their, their whole mindset is different, and their, their, what to them is reality is different. And this is what Moshe says to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. This is a famous Zohar. I only bring it here. I never bring a Zohar. But Moshe has it straight out in his shirim. As soon as you bring a Zohar, you lose your credibility, okay? Because it's, right? But so I'm only, this is a, a pretty straightforward one that Moshe quotes all the time, basically explaining what um, Moshe means when he says, he says, B'nai Shol are not going to listen to me. So how will Paro listen to me? V'ani Arel Sosayim, I'm my lips. My lips are Arel. They're, they're not, they're, they're uncircumcised. What does that even mean? <clears throat> So we know that circumcised means that you take something and perfect it so that it is capable of um, operating correctly, right? Especially this circumcision on a, on a man's body is to indicate that there is a proper use, a higher purpose for this you know, organ, which could so easily be misused. It's devoted to the right thing. He says, my lips are RL. They haven't been circumcised yet. What does it mean? So the, the Zohar asks, what does it mean? Now, didn't this is in Perak Vav when Moshe says this. And the Zohar asks, so wait a second, but in Perak Dalid, Moshe already said, Lo ishtavara manochi. I, I, I can't speak well. Kavad peva kavad lashon. My mouth and my tongue, it's very important, my mouth and my tongue, okay, my mouth, my pe and my tongue, they, they're, they're, they don't work right. Now later in Perak Vav, where he's talking about his lips. So HaKadosh Baruch had already said to him, don't worry, who makes people have mouths? I did. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to be your mouthpiece. Don't worry about it. So and the Zohar goes on to really explain the idea that, you know, there's a difference between a mouth and lips. So if a person has, if, if a person has um, lips and a tongue, right? Well, first of all, we, we really Zohar distinguishes between kol, a, a, like a sound, a voice, like a just general voice, and deep or, or words speaking. So he says, Moshe had cold, but he didn't have Dibor. Moshe was saying, my lips can't form the right words that I need to say to the Jewish people. Meaning, I have ideas. I have a perception of things. Moshe was on a very high madriga. I see the big picture, but I cannot, I don't have any words to convey it to them. It's called speeches in Golas. Why can't I speak to them? It's not because I can't convey it to them, because they can't hear it, because their, their perspective has been distorted. All right? Now we know again that not everybody, but the general nation, the women not, Shevet Levi, right? There was the core that kept, and it's always the core. It's always that core that holds everybody together. But in general, Moshe is talking about the predicament of Gullus, that my, I can't speak, I don't have language to use because the words I'm using are unfamiliar to them. And the words that they use are words that are, you know, developed in Gullus. And so how am I supposed to speak? So if Southwick explains the idea what, that this concept of speech and words being in Gullus, many people think that Dibor is a reflection of the world around them. Because when we use words, when society creates words, it's create a verbal model of the physical and mental universe and communicate that to others, right? Words are supposed to, we're supposed to see things. And then when we try to define them, we try to 
you know, um, kind of select words that define. And therefore, like, for example, in many cultures, let's say we know the Eskimos have a lot of words for snow, ice, frost, this and that, you know, they're trying to distinguish to explain the world. However, the Jewish idea of Dibor is different. We don't experience the universe and then create a map of it through Dibor, right? Rather, we speak and through Dibor create the reality of our existence. So mo what we're saying when we talk about speech being in Golos, and you know that Pesach means Pesach, that we start speaking, we, that when we, what, what, you know, what we're saying is like this, we take certain truths into Golos with us, they are embedded in the names, we take them into Golos, they're truths, they're constructs, they're words we use, okay, that creates reality. The second we stop using these words, we start building, you know, figuring out our reality starts being built by society and it's more raised and it's language and it's culture, that starts to become our way of seeing things, right? So the difficulty in Golis is that, uh, and this is what Moshe is expressing, that real Gula is first speaking, that I can speak words that they can understand, that we're speaking the same language. That's the beginning of Gula. I can't, how could, how, there's no redemption, uh, you know, before that. That is redemption. Redemption is when we restore, we come back to the key ideas and constructs that we started with. And we, we, we break out of, we literally break out of the distortions that have crowded out our, our understanding things correctly. And then we go back to our true words. And then we use those words to create our universe and create our construct and create our sense of things. And um, if you look at the end here, all right? Just like, you know, we said that um, every week when you light Shabbos candles, you can ask yourself, so, you know, what do I know more this week than I knew last week? So how about asking yourself, what words do I understand now, Lashon HaKodesh, I didn't understand last week. So let's, just some of the words we, we learned this week in our classes. First of all, the names of the Shvatim, which you can review. We, named, we learned this week um, in, or last week we learned what the word Chayim means. Chayim means something that has no end, remember? And we learned the idea of it being attached or disattached, but there's always Chaim. We learn what Bo means, to come back to, to return to, okay? We learn Gomel Chesed, you're so ripe that it overflows. You're so full that naturally, organically, just spreads to others. Real Chesed is just building yourself so much that it just becomes who you are, and by, by nature, it just, it just overflows to everybody else. Remember this week we learned in You Take Two the word Sadeh, versus Gan. The Gan, as in Gan Eden, is a place of higher thinking, higher reasoning, thinking correctly, thinking what the Torah ideas, true ideas, and Sud is Hefker, you think whatever you want. Everything grows there. Like we're talking about today, you know, when you go into exiles, it's Hefker, whatever's growing in the culture becomes our mindset. So think about it today. There's so many words today, we'll end with this idea, that have to be taken out of goal. It's just, let's say, even, even English words, it's so funny. You know, the culture today is, we talk about woke culture, woke. So woke today, what does anyone know what it means? What is woke today? What is it actually, what are they trying to say when they say they're woke? Woken up to what? What reality? No, something more. Yeah. Well, woke is... Woke is an extreme hypersensitivity to injustice. That's what woke culture is supposed to be. Okay, an extreme sensitivity to injustice, which is why they're canceling everyone and doing, okay, now. Does the Torah ever speak about waking up? 
being woke? Of course it does. We make a brach every morning. Of course we woke up. The, when when Amisol woke up is is at Harsinai. We woke up uh, from the from the slavery of Egypt. We woke up from exactly what today's woke is talking about: injustice. Okay, we became hypersensitive to justice. Fifty times in the Torah, don't mistreat a ger or because you were slaves, right? So yeah, Amisol is also awake. Okay, but in our wake awokeness, when we talk about being awake, we're awake to eternal timeless truths and values of course the value of every human being of course but also we're awoke to a much bigger picture we're what we we wake up to the torah with the time that i'm so collectively woke up is when we received the torah guidelines it's not a free-for-all we don't make it up as we go there's a way to be awake all right so even words like that which sound right and and there is some good good to them you know there is good to them the question is, in what context? You know, how, what context do they exist within? Um, and um, and 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 these become so so um, part of our way of thinking that it that if we don't, what our avoda is to go back, come back all the time um, when the culture speaks about things, and go back to our our definitions of the same things. Is there something wrong with being woke? No. What does it mean? Being awake? What does it mean in Torah? I mean, many young kids are very drawn to it. They're, you know, today, one of the things that turns kids off to Judaism completely is if they hear their religious teachers saying something that's racist, something that devalues another person, something that is insensitive to the injustice that has been perpetrated on so many people. Yeah, they get really turned off by that. They think, how could you not be sensitive? to other people, how could you call somebody a, a demeaning name? And that's it. And then they devalue their teachers and they say, I can't have, I have nothing to learn from you. And you know what? There's truth to that. But when we wake up, okay, Amisha also believes in being awake, but our awake is we woke up to the idea that only through a Torah mitzvahs and guidelines can we handle the responsibility to be just correctly. Otherwise we become just to some people, unjust to other people. The whole thing becomes a free-for-all, becomes extremely unjust in the big picture, right? So, um, so it's not so much that we disregard ideas or language. We listen, we evaluate them, we compare them to Lashon HaKodesh ideas. And then we are supposed to take those words out of goals, meaning when we speak to someone about wokeness, we're supposed to talk about what, you know, that's valid. But what does the Torah talk about when it says awake? And how do you really treat everyone with justice? What are the guidelines? How do you not let it become a free-for-all? In other words, we have to speak that language, but speak it through our perspective of Lashon HaKodesh, but that means we have to understand Lashon HaKodesh, you know? We have to be able to speak to the language of the today with using, connected to the tree, connected to the, for example, I'll give you one more quick example. I was doing Shlosani Isha, Shlosani Eved, and Shlosani Gai, Shlosani Eved, Shlosani Isha. Well, you know what that's about? Something very, very current, privilege. That's what it's about. The Gemara actually says, yeah, different people have different status and certain people are underprivileged and we're very, very sensitive to that. Mm -hmm. And you know what? We're going to call it out. We're going to say that it's, it's more fortunate not to be a slave and not to be a woman because for most of history, yeah, people that were vulnerable, dependent like women and slaves and didn't have the ability to, to choose their own, you know, to, to, for, you know, to exist independently, yeah, they were very unfortunate. And you want to know something? They were easily taken advantage of all the time. And you know what? Because we are, we're aware of that, that there is such a thing called privilege. You know, we do with our women and women. 
You know the halachos? With avadim, as we talked about in the beginning, we do everything in our power to restore their dignity, to give them, to give them a sense of, 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 of leverage and, 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 and status. We send them out with gifts. You know what we do with women? Because we understand how difficult it is to be in a situation where you're easily taken advantage of because you're weaker and dependent. So you have tons of halachas. Negia, yichud, erva, kolisha. In other words, we have laws that many of them rabbinic that he says, you cannot derive one iota of pleasure for yourself. Not one iota of pleasure from a woman unless you sign on the dotted line, food, clothing, shelter, intimacy, they take care for your protector, everything. Otherwise you get nothing, nothing physical, nothing sensual. You can maybe have a conversation with her, but that's it. We're very sensitive that people are not all in the same situation and don't all have the same opportunities and are easily taken advantage of. That's right. We say it straight out three and a half thousand years ago. You know, so um, and today, of course, it's different. There's a whole other class about, you know, a whole other discussion about women today. But the point is, let's talk about privilege. Yeah, there is something called privilege. How does Torah handle it? Torah is super sensitive to it. So um, so it's important to what we're talking about is to know Lashon HaKodesh and use it to talk about the issues today so that Torah makes sense and is relevant. That's our job to keep the words out of Gullus. All right, everyone. Question. Yes, questions. You. You're he welcome. Time, so he wasn't able to find the right words to communicate. Because lips, lips are, yes. Lips. So what did Hashem do at that point? Give him a language? Aaron. Or? He gave him Aaron. Remember, he says, I'll send Aaron. Aaron, yeah. Aaron, Aaron was, was able to do it. Yeah, because Moshe was on two so elements. Yeah. To remove from uh, their his, his mindset was so, he saw it so clearly. It was so clear to yeah. use the words that people that, like it's today, like parents have a hard time. Teachers have a hard time today communicating because the, 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 the culture is so different. The words are so different. It's hard to communicate. Yeah. Kaddish Baruch Hu helps him. Yeah. Exchange. Good. You're an eighth. I'm in 12th. Yeah. Guys, okay. Thank you. See you soon. See you on the Q&A.